This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Now, before I unleash an episode of X-1, I thought it an interesting idea to explore just for a little bit the art of radio drama. It's a dramatized, purely acoustic performance with no visual component. Radio drama depends on dialogue, music, and sound effects to help the listener imagine the characters and the story. Radio drama achieved widespread popularity within a decade of its initial development back in the 1920s. And by the 40s, it was a leading international popular entertainment. With the advent of television in the 50s, radio drama began losing its audience. However, it still remains popular in much of the world, thank goodness. An important turning point in radio drama came when Schenectady, New York's WGY, after a successful tryout on August 3rd of 1922, began weekly studio broadcasts of full-length stage plays. In September 1922, they used music, sound effects, and a regular troupe of actors, the WGY Players. Uh, aware of this series, the director of Cincinnati's WLW began regularly broadcasting one-act plays. The success of these projects led to imitators at other stations, and by the spring of 1923, original dramatic pieces written especially for radio were airing on stations in Cincinnati, Philadelphia, and Los Angeles. And that same year, stations sponsoring, uh, uh, rather, they sponsored scripting contests, inviting listeners to create original plays to be performed by those stations' dramatic troops. In 1951, American writer and producer Arch Obler suggested that Willis Cooper's Lights Out was the first true radio drama to make use of unique qualities of radio. Uh, though the series is often remembered solely for its gruesome stories and sound effects, Cooper's scripts for Lights Out were recognized as well-written and offered innovations seldom heard on early radio drama, including multiple first-person narrators, stream-of-consciousness monologues. Producers of radio drama soon became aware that adapting stage plays for radio didn't quite work, and that there was a need for plays especially written for the radio. The uh, lack of visuals also enabled fantastical settings and effects to be used in radio plays where the cost would be prohibitive for movies or television. And writing for radio is a very different thing than other mediums. Your tools are limited, voices, sound effects, and music, but your palette is limitless, the human imagination. A good script is the heart of quality radio drama. In fact, it's the only thing that makes a radio drama worth producing. So, imagine the writer sitting down with a blank piece of paper in the typewriter and dreaming up the story, Marionettes Incorporated, for X-1. Countdown for blast-off. X-5, 4, 3, 
minus one, fire. From the far horizons of the unknown come transcribed tales of new dimensions in time and space. These are stories of the future, adventures in which you'll live in a million could-be years on a thousand maybe worlds. The National Broadcasting Company, in cooperation with Street and Smith, publishers of astounding science fiction, presents X minus one. Tonight, a Ray Bradbury story, Marionettes Incorporated. By the year 1990, we should see many amazing technological advances. And yet, in many ways, life will be very much the same. A husband will stop off at a bar on his way home and perhaps unburden himself a little to a friendly bartender. Well, that's good. Almost feel as if I could go home and face Nettie now. Wife trouble, Mr. Smith? Yeah, wife trouble, Sam. If only she'd relax a little bit. Look, you see this bruise on my lip? She kisses me. For an hour every night when I come home. Can you do anything for it? Well, I try, Sam. You can't figure them out. Well, I guess I'll go home and feed myself to the lioness. I tell you, Sam, when Nettie gets finished demonstrating how much she's missed me... I feel like a man who's been stuffed into an electronic washing machine with the dial set at rinse dry. How much do I owe you? Well, if it isn't Henry Smith. Huh? Brailing! Well, as I live and breathe, Walter Brailing... What are you doing here? Having the night out. Say, does Gloria know about this? Things have changed, Henry. I thought she kept you chained to the bedpost most of the time. Not anymore, Henry, not anymore. Say, you aren't divorced, are you? Don't know. Gloria's home. What did you do, put sleeping powder in a coffee? Oh, goodness, no. That, that would be highly unethical. Well, now, look, I can't believe you just walked out on her. Ten years of marriage, Henry, and I never had a night to myself. But it will be different from now on. By the way, what time is it? Uh, ten o'clock. Well, I guess I'd better be going. <laughs> Scared? Don't want to crowd my luck. Oh. Although, really, there's, there's nothing to worry about. Well, I'd sure like to know how you do it, Walling. <laughs> Would you really? Yes, I would. All right, Henry, since you've always been a friend of mine, I'll let you in on it. Come on, my car's outside. I'll drive you home and let you see how it's done. Well, now, that's nice of you, Walter. Oh, no, not at all. We fellas have to stick together. I don't suppose you know how Gloria and I came to be married in the first place. Uh, No, I don't. One evening, she threatened to tear off her clothing and call the police unless I married her. No. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a bit extreme, isn't it? Gloria's a nervous girl. Oh. I bet you've had a pretty wretched time of it, huh? Yeah, yeah. Didn't take long for me to become the laughingstock of the neighborhood. Henpeck Brailing, they used to call me. I know that. But, uh... Things are changing now. See this? What's this? 
A single ticket to Rio on the morning rocket. I have hotel reservations there for a month, a whole month, Henry, to have a fling. Well, won't Gloria make trouble over that? <laughs> well, that's the amazing part of it, Henry. She won't even know that I'm gone. Huh? And I'll be back in a month and no one the wiser. <laughs> you, you, you don't believe it, do you? Well, frankly, no. Just how are you going to swing it, Walter? That's the secret, Henry. I, I tell you, it is the most wonderful thing ever invented. Worth every cent I paid for it. Well, uh, what is it? it? I'm going to show you. Now, here's my house. You notice the lights are all out? Uh-huh. Wait here on the front porch. Say, Walter, you haven't gone off your rocker, have you? Shh, shh, shh. Let me see. Uh, oh, I meow twice. That's that's it. <clears throat> meow. Meow. Now watch the window in my bedroom. It looks as if somebody's. Hey, there's a man up there. He's looking loud. Good. He he sees me. Now he'll be down directly. Oh, now look, isn't this a bit embarrassing for you, Walter? No, no, not at all. You'll you find out. Here he comes. Hello, B2. Good evening, Mr. Braley. Uh, either I'm going out of my mind or there are two of you. You never told me you had a twin brother? I don't. Look, if this fellow weren't in pajamas, I couldn't tell you apart. Well, that's the secret, Henry. Uh, everything go all right, uh, B2? Uh, just fine, Mr. Brailing. Uh, I suppose my wife was in her usual good form this evening? Well, as a matter of fact, we spent the evening playing gin. No screaming, shouting, accusations? Uh, no, sir. It was a very quiet evening. Well, but this is even better than I thought. Uh, Marionettes Incorporated aims to satisfy, sir. Uh, did he say Marionettes Incorporated? That's right, Henry. Then now look him over. Isn't he excellently fashioned? You, you wouldn't dream he was a robot, a marionette. No, I don't believe it. <laughs> well, it's, it's against the law, of course, to duplicate a human like this, but it's, it's well worth the opportunity. I still don't believe it. You can't tell him from a human. Well, on, only one way. Put your ear next to his chest. Huh? That's it. Now listen. It's machinery. Water, old man, how long has this been going on? Well, I've had him a month. I, I keep him in the cellar in my toolbox. And tonight I told Gloria that I'd like to be excused for five minutes to run down to the cigar store. Uh -huh. She agreed. I went down the cellar, took out Brailing too, and sent him back upstairs to sit with my wife till I got home. That's miraculous. Of course, Walter, it, uh, well, it doesn't seem quite ethical somehow. Oh, nonsense. Highly ethical. Hmm? I've been home all evening. I shall be home with her for the next month. In, in the meantime, another gentleman named Walter Brailing will be in Rio having the time of his life. Well, can he uh, walk around without fuel for a month? He refuels himself. Oh. Uh, he's built to do everything. Eat, drink, sleep. You'll take good care of my wife, won't you, B2? Well, your wife is rather nice. I've grown quite fond of her. <laughs> you see? Yeah, Walter, uh, oh, man, uh... How long has this Marionettes Incorporated outfit been in business? Secretly for two years now. Why? Well, I wonder, uh, you suppose uh, there's a possibility that uh, I might get in touch with him? 
You? Hmm. But your Nettie is madly in love with you. Well, I know that, but even so, uh... <laughs> just a little respite, you know, a uh, night or two once a month, huh? But she loves you dearly. Yeah. So much she can't bear me to leave her for half an hour. You know that lately she's taken to calling me up at work ten or twelve times a day, talking baby talk? Your Nettie? My Nettie. So now what do you say, old man, hmm? As a favor to an old buddy, huh? A fellow lodge member? Well, I, I could put you in touch with the man who makes them. Because uh, you'd be pledged to secrecy once you learned where he's located. Oh, naturally, naturally. Very well, then. Uh, here's his card. Hmm, Marionettes Incorporated. W. Zeig, proprietor and owner. Hmm. New humanoid plastic 1990 models guaranteed against wear. Our motto, no strings attached. Address, the jumble shop, 43 South Wesley Drive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mr. Zyke will take care of you. He's a charming fellow. Uh -huh. Real craftsman. Say, that's wonderful. Walt, I'll see him first thing tomorrow. Well, I better be getting home now. Uh, Nettie is probably splitting a gasket. Well, see you around, old man, after I get back from Rio. <laughs> oh, while I'm gone, you might drop around regularly, just as you always have. Uh, treat Brailing too here as if he were me. Otherwise, Gloria might be suspicious. Yes, fine, I'll do that. Oh, uh, before I go, uh, these marionettes, uh, they're safe. Aren't they? Oh, absolutely. Uh, tell him, B2. Oh, we're guaranteed. <laughs> well, that's fine. Well, good night, Walter. Good night, uh, <clears throat> B2. Good night, Mr. Smith. Good night, Henry. <sighs> well, I'm glad someone else will have a chance at a little happiness and freedom. All right, Brailing 2. It's back into the cellar box for you. Come on, down the steps. That's it. It's uh, very damp down here, Mr. Brailing. Bad plumbing. Here we are. Brailing. Yeah? Uh, before you put me back into the toolbox, could we have a word? Certainly, old man. Now, this toolbox... Yes, what about it? Well, I don't like it, Mr. Brailing. Why not? Well, it's cramped. Oh. Well, I'll try to fix up something more comfortable when I get back from Rio. All right, now, before Gloria gets worried, back into the... Marionettes are made to move, not keep still. Uh, now, how, how would you like to lie in a stuffy old box most of the time? Well, I didn't realize you fellas were that sensitive. Well, you wouldn't like it at all. I, I keep running. There's no way to shut me off. Now, I have my feelings, you know. Well, a day after tomorrow, I'll be off to Rio, and you won't have to stay in the box for a whole month. You can move upstairs. But when you come back from Rio, I'll go back into the box. Mr. Zeig didn't tell me at Marionettes Incorporated that it was possible to get a difficult specimen. Oh, well, uh, there's a lot he doesn't know about us. Look, look, look here, B2. This has gone far enough. I'll never get to now, Rio. Come on, come on now, into the box. And another thing. Well? Uh, your wife. Yes, what about my wife? I've grown quite fond I'm of her. I'm glad that you enjoy your employment. You'll have the whole month. I'm afraid you don't quite understand, Braven. I've fallen in love with yes, her. Yes, well, all You what? Well, you see, well, you just don't appreciate it. Maybe if you hadn't acted so meek and apologetic about everything, well, she'd have a little more respect for you as a man. You aren't supposed to behave like this, you know. Well, I think I could be very happy if I were married to Gloria. Aren't you forgetting that you are nothing but a big, overgrown puppet? Now, careful, Brailing. I I'm sensitive. Uh, I'm sorry. Look, uh, you, you wouldn't mind waiting here a moment, would you? I have to go upstairs and make a phone call. Uh, to whom? Nobody important. I, I, um... Uh, I have to call Henry Smith about something. You're lying. 
Now, you're going to call Marionettes Incorporated and tell Mr. Tsag to come and, and get me. No, really, I'm, I'm not. I, I was... I was... B2, stay away. Now, stand where you are, Brayley. B2, take your hand off my no, arm. No, Brayley. What are you going to do? Nothing much. I'm just going to put you in the toolbox, lock it, and lose the key. Then I'll buy another ticket to Rio, and Gloria and I can have a wonderful vacation. You're insane. Oh, am I? Now, wait a minute. Hold on, B2. Don't, don't, don't be rash. Now, let's talk this over. Uh, goodbye, Brayley. Now, B2, stop it. Don't, don't. Let's, let, let go. Into the box, Brayley. Let me out. Let me out. Walter? Walter? Yes, Gloria? What in the world are you doing down there at this time of night? Well, nothing, lover. Uh, the pipes were knocking, and I'm just making sure the boiler hasn't exploded. Now, you go to bed, and I'll be up soon. Hurry, won't you? We had such a nice evening. I'm lonesome for you. Well, you won't ever be lonesome again, darling. Never again. Good morning, Nettie. Good morning, darling. How are you? Have a nice time last night? I... I missed you so... Mm -hmm. Is breakfast ready? Well, aren't you going to kiss me good morning? Huh? Oh, uh... Yes, I suppose so. Mm. You're so wonderful, Henry. I, I guess I'm the luckiest person in the world. Mm-hmm. Now, here's your coffee. How would you like your eggs? Oh, uh, any way at all. Oh, but I want to please you. Look, skip the eggs this morning. But you have to eat to keep well, darling. Well, I'm very healthy. I, I have an early business appointment this morning. Oh? Yes, it's a... A friend of Walter Brayling's. Uh, I met Walter last night. Oh. Yes. So, uh, I'd better be off. Oh, now, Nettie, don't look as if I were on my way to Rio or something. Well, it, it's just that I miss you so. I want to be with you all the time. Oh, dear, do I have to go through this every morning? I'll be back at supper. Now, there's no need to cry now, is there? <laughs> no, darling. You aren't displeased with me, are you? I try so hard to do everything just as I think you'll like it. I know, no. I, I'm, I'm not displeased. Now, goodbye, dear. Henry. Yes? You forgot to kiss me goodbye. Strings attached, no strings attached. A very nice puppet with no strings attached. Let's see now. Jumble shop. 43 South Wesley. Well, that should be about... To... Ah, here it is. Yes? Uh, Mr. Zeig? Yes? Uh, Walter Brayling recommended me. Enter. Thank you. Your name? Henry Smith. 55 Evergreen Place. And what can we do for you, Mr. Smith? Well, uh, Mr. Brayling showed me his marionette last night. I, uh, <clears throat> well, I was intrigued with the idea. Uh, not that my wife is anything like that female meat grinder he's married to, you understand, but, uh, well, I'm a man who enjoys an occasional evening with the boys, you know, without uh, complications. Naturally. Yes, so I thought... Um... That I could duplicate you? Exactly. Oh, I... I think it might be arranged. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. How much? $9,000. Uh, 
Uh, oh, I, I have an inferior model at 75. No, 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 no. If I go through with this, nothing is too good for Nettie. Uh, Nettie's my wife. Uh, we've been uh, putting money aside to buy a summer home in Westport, but... Yeah, uh, sometimes we must choose. Uh, yeah, yes, well, uh, perhaps I could just slip out 9,000. Uh, it's a joint account. Uh, um, how soon could I have it? Oh, I could construct a mannequin in about two months' time. Good. Shall I consider the order place? At once. Of course, uh, you'll have to report here for a body mold, mm -hmm. color index of your hair, lips, mm -hmm. skin, etc. And I'll have to do a complete electro-emotional calibration. Uh-huh. Now, you guarantee that these models are foolproof? <laughs> as foolproof as I can make them, Mr. Smithson. I've had years of training. And there's no chance of detection? None whatever. I've never had a complaint. Uh, very well, Mr. Zeig. I'll get the money from the bank and send it to you. I'm sure you won't be sorry, Mr. Smith. You'll be just as satisfied as Walter Brayling. Oh, uh, tell her. Yes, Mr. Smith. I'd like to cash this draft on my joint account, please. Yes, sir. Uh... $9,000, sir? That's right. Oh, I'm afraid that's impossible, Mr. Smith. Impossible? <laughs> My wife and I have a good $15,000 in our account. Uh, you're mistaken, Mr. Smith. Well, I know... Uh, here's your card, sir. You see, Mrs. Smith withdrew $10,000 recently. $10,000? Without even telling me? I remember it distinctly, Mr. Smith. She said it was for a surprise for you. Oh, good Lord, she's bought that house in Connecticut. My birthday is next week. Oh, no, no, no. I've got to borrow it somewhere. I've already contacted... Hey, yes, sir. Uh, quite a surprise for you, Mr. Smith. Yes? Oh, hello, Henry. Uh, hello, Gloria. Is Walter home? Uh, I'd like to speak to him. He should be back soon. Will you wait? Yes, yes, I'd better. Oh, say, Henry, as long as you're here, maybe you can help me with something. What? I went downstairs to get an old suitcase a little while ago, and I heard the strangest noises near that old tool chest of Walter's. He mentioned that the boiler was acting up, and, well, I I'm afraid to go down there again. I, I wonder if you'd take a look. What kind of noises? Like um, a, a thumping sound. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I'd better go down, Gloria. You stay up here. Should I call a plumber, do you think? No, 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 no. I'll take care of it. Well, it's right down those stairs. All right, I'll have a look. Good Lord. Hello? Hello in there. Oh, let me out. Let me out! Shh, just a minute. Keep quiet, for goodness sake. Let me out! I'll have to smash the lock. Now, what... Henry, thank... Thank God you've come. What's the meat? I've, I've been in there all night. I, I thought I'd suffocate. He tried to kill me. He tried to murder me. Who? Which one are you? No, don't be an idiot. I'm Walter. Well, what happened? Me too, the marionette. He stuffed me in a toolbox and left me to suffocate. What? Fortunately, I found an old file in there, managed to get an air hole through the wood. Good Lord. He's taking Gloria with him to Rio. Have they left yet? No, he's gone downtown for the tickets. Good. We may have time. For what? To get down to Marionettes Incorporated and tell Mr. Tsaig to stop him. 
You're in no condition. So don't worry about me. We can't waste any time now. Come on. Just, well, what about Gloria? I'll sneak out. Tell her that you fixed the plumbing. Tell her anything. I'll meet you outside. All right. What a fool I've been. Oh, what a fool I almost was. I went down and ordered one of those things today. Gloria, uh, Gloria, love. Yes, darling. Did you get the tickets to Rio? Uh, right here in my wallet. A honeymoon for two under the pampas moon. Oh, Walter, it's so nice to have you like this. Oh, you like the change? I don't know what did it, but whatever it is, I'm in favor of it. I hope it's permanent. Well, I intend to see that it is. Uh, by the way, darling, do you happen to remember where that old pistol of mine is? Pistol? Yeah, I just thought, uh, since we're going to be traveling in strange countries, well, it wouldn't hurt to bring it along. Well, I, I think it's here in the sideboard. There. You know how frightened I am of these things. Well, I'll, I'll be very careful of it. In fact, I think I'll go down to the basement and practice. Uh, not really shooting it, of course, just to make sure it's in good working order. Well, now, do be careful, darling. Oh, I will. If you should hear a shot, now, don't be frightened. I may fire it into a block of wood just to test it. Perhaps I'll fire it into that old tool chest of mine. Uh, that should absorb it. Oh, speaking of that tool chest... Yeah, what about uh, it? It reminds me that Henry Smith was here. Oh? Yes, I, I heard some noises downstairs, and he went to fix the plumbing. Oh, is he still down there? No, no, he left. I really don't understand it. He seemed so anxious to see you before he went down to the cellar. And then he just left. Did he... Stop the noises? Well, he must have. I don't hear them. Mm, yeah, I see. What is it, dear? Well, I have to go out for a while, darling. But, Walter, we have to pack if we're leaving. Well, I'll be back soon. There's something very important I have to attend to. What is it? Well, just some personal business with Henry Smith. Now, please excuse me, darling. And now, don't worry. When I get back, everything will be fixed once and for all. Oh, we can enjoy the rest of our lives just as though the old Walter Brayling never existed. Oh, Mr. Brayling and Mr. Smith. Come in, gentlemen, come in. What brings you? Mr. Zeig, you told me your marionettes were foolproof. They are. My personal guarantee goes with We know all one. about your personal guarantee. Except that Mr. Brayling's dummy knocked him out, yes. stuffed him in a toolbox to suffocate, and is making plans to run away with his wife. Mm. Oh, dear. Yes, well, Mr. Zeig. Well, I, I really don't know what to say, gentlemen. What Mr. Brayling and myself would like to know, Mr. Zeig, is exactly what are you planning to do to stop this over-ambitious robot. Well, of course, we shall have to recover a B2 first, and then I'll simply dismantle him. Yes, and well, he doesn't seem to want to be dismantled, Mr. Zeig. In fact, I think that you'll have trouble catching him. Maybe I can save you the trouble, huh? gentlemen. Yeah, B2. Look out, he's got a gun. I thought I'd find you here when I discovered the tool chest empty. Now, you look, B2. Whatever you're planning, you won't get away with it. Oh, I think I will. Mr. Tsai, can't you do something? I'm afraid I can't think of anything. I'll save you the trouble because I'm going to kill the three of you. No, no you, you won't get away with it. No, no, you forget that Gloria and I will be on the plane to Rio in a few hours. All right, Mr. Tsai, you first. Now, see here, this isn't fair. I created you. I, uh, you can't, you... Ah! 
You grab him. I've, I've got him. Now, quick, that hammer. Look out! Oh, well, that's the end of Brailing, too. But he, he got side, though. Yeah. Right through the... the... Mm-hmm. Holy jumping catfish, and he... It's look at a... him. Look, hmm? look at Zyg. It's nothing but a mass of coils and springs, just like Brailing, too. Well, he's nothing but a marionette. He's no different. Brailing, do you know what this means? Oh, th- this is incredible. Not... A, a, a marionette building other marionettes? But someone must have built Mr. Zyg originally. I, I wonder... What... Well, perhaps Mr. Zyg turned on whoever built him the same way Brailing, too, turned on you. Well, it, at any rate, we'll never know. Oh. Say, I wonder how many of these things are walking around among us. Oh, I shudder to think of that. You know, some of our best friends might be. Ooh, yeah. Come on, we have to get out of here. Yeah, but the, the police... Now, don't be a fool, Brailing. There's, there's been no crime committed here. All the police will find is two oversized puppets with the springs coming out of them. And they seem so... so lifelike. Yes, I know, and they were only machinery. You've got to remember that. Yes. Well, well, what'll I tell Gloria? Well, if I were you, Brailing, I wouldn't tell Gloria a thing. I'd simply pick up that other ticket to Rio and take her on a honeymoon, just as she's expecting. Uh, but what, what about uh, you, though, Henry? What, what are you going to do? Me? Well, I'm going home and give Nettie a kiss that'll singe your hair. Oh, you know, when I think of what might have happened if I'd gone through with this marionette thing, it, it makes a fellow realize how lucky he is to be married to a decent woman. Oh, come on, let's go. <laughs> Nettie? Nettie? Where are you, sweetheart? In here, darling. Oh, oh, I've missed you today. Come here. Oh, Henry. Hmm. Oh. Oh, you look tired, darling. Can I do something for you? Just tell me I'm yours to command. Oh, man's a fool to jeopardize a nice home and a loving wife like you. Oh, you do love me, don't you, Nettie? Oh, you know I do. Mm. Here, let me get your slippers on. No. Oh, it feels good to sit back on the sofa and relax. Oh, you don't know what a trying day I've had. Oh, I can see you're all upset. Hey. It, it isn't anything I've done, is it, dearest? Oh, no, no. Well, uh, in a way, something you've done is connected with it, yes. What's that, darling? Uh, the money. Money? Now, I know you wanted to surprise me with the house, darling, but really you shouldn't have taken that money out of the bank without consulting me. Henry, I don't even know what you're talking about. Now, now, Nettie. But I don't. Nettie. Oh, you're so upset, darling. If it's anything important, let's talk about it later. Meanwhile, why don't you just put your head on my shoulder and rest? (laughs) Well, I must admit that sounds enticing. Mm, Here. Let me make you comfortable. Uh, There. uh, Now you just close your eyes. uh, That's it. Nettie. Yes, darling? You hear something? No, darling. You sure? Like what? Like the ticking of a clock? No. Strange. I don't hear it now, but when I had my ear against your chest... Oh, no. Oh, no, she couldn't have done that to me. Not Nettie. What are you talking about? I'm talking about... No, I won't believe it. You're my Nettie, aren't you? You're real live flesh and blood. But I hear it. It's coming from you. It's coming from you.
You have just heard X-1 presented by the National Broadcasting Company in cooperation with Street and Smith, publishers of astounding science fiction. Tonight, by transcription, X-1 has brought you Marionettes Incorporated. Written by Ray Bradbury and adapted for radio by George Lefferts. Featured in the cast were Les Damon, Dick Hamilton, Carl Swenson, Theo Getz, Arthur Cole, Bob Hastings, Freddie Chandler, and Ginger Jones. Your announcer, Fred Collins. X-1 was directed by Daniel Sutter and is an NBC Radio Network production. Stay tuned for Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy, who are set to welcome special guest Richard Widmark. The Charlie McCarthy Show! This is Ken Carpenter, ladies and gentlemen, greeting you from Van Nuys High School, Van Nuys, California, on behalf of Edgar Bergen, Charlie McCarthy, Ray Noble of his orchestra, Anita Gordon, Mortimer Stern, Pat Patrick as Ursula Twing, Jack Mather, Gloria Blondell, and our special guest, Richard Whitmark. And here are Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. You lovely Van Nuysians, you. Yes, and we have as our special guest today 100 sailors from the Pacific Fleet in honor of the Navy. Yeah, well, ahoy there, mates. Welcome. I guess they're there, all right. <laughs> Charlie? Yeah, Bergen? I, I want to talk with you man to man. Well, I'd be glad to. Later on when I become a man. <laughs> What's eating you? Well... This morning, I wanted to take the baby for a ride, but I couldn't find her buggy. Oh? Do you know anything about the perambulator? Uh, well, it was okay when I made coffee in it this morning. No, not the percolator. Oh. Charlie? Yeah? I want the plain, unadulterated truth. You do? Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> this is going to require a certain amount of retooling. Yeah, uh, you know, Charlie, they say the truth is beautiful. It is? Yes. <laughs> Ain't I ugly? Yes. <laughs> I'm asking you, where is the baby buggy? Oh, cut it out, will you, gee whiz. Now it's the baby buggy. Yesterday it was, don't leave your marbles around. And then it was, don't leave any buttons on the floor. Well, that's because the baby eats everything. Well, maybe she ate the buggy. No, no. <laughs> you mean then, Charlie, you honestly don't know where the buggy is? I'm dead sure I haven't the faintest idea. Then you haven't seen it? I'm dead sure I haven't. You're certain? I'm dead sure. Yeah. Well, I... I found the buggy wheels in your room. I'm dead. Yes. <laughs> Now, Charlie, what I want to know is, why did I find the wheels in your room? Explain that. Well, I... I guess I just didn't hide them well enough. Eh? <laughs> How'd you find out? Did the baby squeal on me? Of course not. Huh? She doesn't talk. Smart kid. <laughs> well, I ain't talking either, bud. Yeah. How did the wheels get in your room? I don't know, sir. It's kind of hazy. All I can remember is I was 
I was standing by the buggy with a monkey wrench in one hand and, and the wheels in the other. I don't know how it happened. I don't know. <laughs> Why didn't you ask me for a set of wheels? Well, this way I, I'm, I was sure of getting them. I see. What do you want them for? For my soapbox racer. Oh, I see. Why, Charlie, I, I am ashamed of you. Well, you'll be proud of me, Bergen, when, when I win the soapbox derby. Are you sure you're going to win? Sure. How are you so sure? I know a shortcut. Oh. <laughs> what did you do with the rest of the carriage? Well, it looks so junky standing there without its wheels that I sold it to a junk man for $3. Now, what would a junk man want with a baby carriage without wheels? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's got a baby who doesn't like to travel. Oh. <laughs> what did you do with the $3? I paid a printing bill for some stickers. I... Gang had made up stickers. Yeah. What's your gang up to now, Charlie? Well, you know, Halloween's coming, so so we go around to the storekeepers, and for twenty five cents, we we sell them protection. You sell them protection? Yeah. We put a sticker on their window that says "No soap, no soap." I... <laughs> you, you know, Bergen, there, there's a lot of nasty kids around here that that soap up windows on Halloween. Yeah. So you charge them 25 cents to keep from having their windows soaked. Yeah. Suppose they don't pay. Oh, oh, oh boy. Well, we smear them up good. Yeah. <laughs> Our motto is, if you want to stay clean, come clean. I see. Yeah, that's fine. Charlie, that is nothing short of racketeering. It is? Yeah. See, I'm almost as tough as that Tommy Udo, huh? You know the guy in Kiss of Death? Yeah, you mean Richard Widmark? Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, that's colorful stuff. I like that. Yeah. All right, young man, you've gone too far this time. I'm going to do something about this racketeering business. Well, Slalbergen, get a cake, the cake is open. I'll show you a way to get the stickers. Wait a minute. <laughs> And the orchestra just a few bites and fuss.
can't remember my name. Why, it's simply inexcusable. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Hello, Mr. Excusable. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what makes your clothes look so peculiar today, Mortimer? Well, maybe it's because I'm in them. Yeah, maybe so, yeah. yeah. Mortimer, your clothes, they've shrunk up something awful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My pants are so tight that the back of my lap is purple in the face. Is that so? <laughs> Look how your coat is shrunk here, too. Well, yep, I either got to get longer sleeves or shorter arms. Yes, you know. Now, what on earth made your clothes shrink like that? Well, you'll see, I'm, uh, I'm raising turkeys for Thanksgiving, you know. Yes. Yeah. And, um, let's uh, see, where was I? Raising turkeys. Oh, yeah, raising turkeys, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, yesterday I seen a sign on the building downtown that said, um, Said uh, turkey baths, it said, see? Yeah. Turkish baths. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, it said it. It said <laughs> Why do you think anyone would want to give a turkey a bath? Well, so it'd be all white meat, I suppose. No. <laughs> well, did you go in the Turkish bath? Yeah, yeah. But when I got in there, um, an awful fog rolled in. A fog rolled in? Yeah. <laughs> It was so foggy I couldn't see my thumb in front of my nose. I see. Well, you you were in a steam room. Well? Yes. You know what steam is, don't you? Well, sure. Uh, what? What? <laughs> you have to be an awful fool not to know what steam is. Well, um, I'm your boy. Yeah, I... <laughs> Well, steam is water in the form of a gaseous vapor. Now, this vapor being water, transformed into globules or particles of liquid by the cooling temperature of the atmosphere. Oh, yeah. Oh, quit hee-hawing out there, will you? Now, don't say that. These people are our welcome guests. Well, you're welcome to them. Oh, no. <laughs> now, let's get back to the steam room. No, not me. Not after being lost in there since yesterday. <laughs> so you spent the night there. Well, no wonder your clothes shrunk up so. Well, you ought to have seen some of the other fellows in there. Oh, boy. Their clothes were so shrunk up it looked like they was wearing nothing but a towel. And a towel. <laughs> well, you see, those men were in there to lose weight. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. You see... Heat or steam opens the pores. Mm-hmm. And when the pores are open, the birds begin to sing. No. <laughs> you seem more stupid than ever today. Why is that? Well, today I'm observing Brainless Sunday. <laughs> You know, Ray, 
I wish Charlie was as naive as Mortimer. I'd be a happy man then. Yes, I should say so, Edgar. I mean, after all, selling protection from window soaping. The little racketeer. <laughs> what is it that's so exciting about being a hoodlum? I don't know, old boy. Frankly, I've never hoodled. No, I haven't. <laughs> Charlie has now reached the age where it's smart to be tough. <laughs> really? Well, yeah. I've reached the age where it's tough to be smart, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I've got to think of something, and in short order, too. I don't know why. Edgar, I hope you'll forgive me for barging in like this. Why, Richard Winmar. I uh, was listening to your program, and I know just what you're going through with Charlie. So uh, I came over to offer some help. Well, Richard, if you have a solution, I wish you'd tell me what it is. Well, Edgar, don't be too upset about Charlie. It's a stage all kids go through. Well, I agree with you, but it's going a little too far when his gang is getting into this petty protection racket. Yes, yes, you've got something there. But uh, I think a few of my friends and I can cure him. I hope so. Sure, all you do, all you do is tell Charlie that all the gangsters hang out at the Bronze Casket Cafe mm. at 1313 Skull Street. Wow. And I'll be waiting there. How really scary. Yes, but uh, uh, just how will you go about it? Well, I'll do that Tommy Udo character that I did in Kiss of Death. I like that guy. <laughs> Hello, the girl, the lovely song, Anita Gordon, and how soon?
you still mad at me, Bergen? Yes, I am, Charlie. Yeah? Yes. And don't you dare go near the Brown's Casket Cafe at 1313 Skull Street. Why? Because Udo and his gang hang out there. They do? Yes. I want you to keep away from there. Do you understand? Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, sure. Oh, sure. <laughs> now, just to be sure I know what place to keep away from, what was the address again? 1313 Skull Street. 1311. 1313. Round's casket. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Shouldn't go in there. <laughs> There's no harm in just going in and talking with them. I can be as tough as they are. And twice as Scared. You know. <laughs> oh, they got one of those, too. Gee, there's no one in here but the waitress. I'll talk to her. Uh, 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 hi, you gorgeous. Hello, short hair, red hair. <laughs> you knew about here, ain't you? Yeah. What's your handle? Yeah, well, <laughs> just call me, just call me the Tarzan of Terror. <laughs> Well, I heard a lot about you. Well, babe, I've done a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you look kind of sweet. What's your name? Slaughterhouse Sale. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the dish for me, babe. Listen, mister, if you're insulting me by trying to date me, I get love at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> Do you believe in love at first sight? I have to. I never see him the second time. <laughs> Well, this is a real thing, Slaughterhouse. Don't you know true love when you see it? Excite me. When I look into your eyes, I hear a small verse within me. It whispers. What does it say, honey? What does it say? It says, watch that guy, he's a stinker. <laughs> Maybe you don't know it, but I'm you, though, gal. Well, uh-oh. Uh, disregard everything I said. Uh, <laughs> uh, where, where is, uh, where is you, though? He's in the back room there. Uh-oh, wait a minute. You know the password? Yeah, yeah, the password, it, it, uh, it's, uh, oh, it slips my mind for the mole. What is it? It's shade grown. Shade grown. That's using the old bean. <laughs> the guy is trigger happy. You want something? Or are you just nosing around, punk? Well, it's like this, bud. I've been working solo, but now I want to tie in with a mob. Yeah? So we play rough. Just how tough are you? <laughs> Am I tough? Bing! <laughs> well, only yesterday, I, I parked me bike in the red zone. Last night after curfew, I walked right past the police station. Whistling yet. <laughs> well, imagine it. So you sound like fit company for you, though. Yeah. Is you, though, your real name? Nah, it's my pen name. Eh? I stuck up a rubber factory in Akron and got three years. Quite a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I could use another guy. But you're just a kid. I bet you haven't even started shaving yet. You mean there's another use for razor blades besides cutting throats? <laughs> yeah, that's cute, that's cute, that's very cute. 
Yeah, you work out real nice. We split everything three ways. Yeah. Why three ways? I'm leading a double life. Oh. <laughs> okay, when do we start? Wait a minute, wait a minute. I want to try out to see how you work. Got your gun? Yeah, well, uh, 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 I left it in my bulletproof vest. Uh, okay, yeah. here's my forty-five. Oh, thank you. Now, you see that guy eating at that table there? Yeah. Go on over and stick him up. That's an easy job. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, all right, here I go, here I go. Uh, p- pardon me, sir. Can't you see I'm busy eating a nurse there still? I thought you'd ask, my <laughs> Well, sir, pardon me, sir. This is this is a stick-up. Ah, uh, go away, I'm eating. No, no kidding. Really, really, truly. Ah, uh, give me that gun and scram. Oh, oh, you don't. He took my rod. He took my rod. My name is Esther Twain Graham, uh, and I'm a reporter for the uh, San Fernando Gopher. Oh. <laughs> For the golfer that we really dig up the dirt. Oh, a gentleman, a gentleman of the press. Well, huh? I, I, I'm a cub reporter. Uh, uh, yes, a cub reporter, and I am here to get the bare facts. If you're a reporter, I'm a monkey's uncle. Well, I didn't come here to discuss your relatives, but I, I do have a nose for news. Well, it must be for news because it don't do nothing for your face. <laughs> That's very cute. Uh, my nose is not only for news because I smell too. Well, that's the way you impress me. <laughs> well, Smarty, uh, I'm here to get an interview uh, with that ruffian, you doll. <laughs> now, look, Squid, I don't want you to write nothing about me, see? And I don't like your face. Well, I don't exactly like yours either, so there. My face is where I don't have to look at it, and yours is. You're just plain, everyday nasty. That's all, and I'm going to write that down right here in my column. Let's see. Uh, you doll is a nasty, uncute... Ouch! You see this gun? I want a retraction. Well, for goodness sakes, my gosh, I'm retracting just as fast as this little old eraser can retract. <laughs> You know, you know, I think this would be a good night to take you for a little ride. A ride? Oh, goody-goody royal pudding. <laughs> maybe, maybe we can call on my friends in, in Calabasas. <laughs> we might as well tell him. Yeah, go ahead, tell him. We're going to kill you. <gasps> Why, that's a scoop. I must call my paper. <laughs> I've been stabbed off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, kid, I like you. I like you a lot. I like you fine. I'm going to let you in on a bank job we're pulling tonight. Yeah, well, I'm supposed to write an essay about our little feathered friends, the Titwillows. Yeah, you can do that in the morning. Yeah. Now, here's the layout. About midnight, we'll go to the banks. Yeah. You handle the Tommy gun. Uh-huh. And when the watchman comes around, you cut him in half. What good is a half a watchman? <laughs> Do I have to kill him? Sure, it ain't no fun letting him live. <laughs> you ain't yellow, are you? No, oh no, no, it's it's just a light in here, I think. <laughs> well, you're all set, ain't you? Yeah, well, look, I even got a, a junior G-man set of handcuffs here. Yeah, what good are them? Well, I'll tell you. See, I can snap one on your wrist, 
and the other one on mine. Yeah. Hey, what's the idea of that, Joe? I decided I don't like this murder stuff, and I'm going to turn you in. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, you've done a lot of deciding, ain't you, Ted? Yeah. The worm has turned into a snake in the grass. <laughs> I got your handcuffed to me, though. Are you going to come along quietly? Uh, you little squirt who dangle like a charm on my wrist. Yeah, but I can yell for police pretty loud, though. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess I'd better go down to the river and wash my hands nice and slow. <laughs> Underwater, I like to see bubbles. No, 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 Anything but that. Or maybe I could gouge out your eyes and tie your ears on the top of your head. No, please, please. I'm just a kid. And you'd look real nice in a block of cement. Please, I'm just a baby. I'm puny. All right, look, if I let you go, will you stay away from here? Yeah, I've learned my lesson. I'm through with rackets. Okay, then let's see how fast you can get out of here. Yeah, I'm going to go, sir. I'm going to Hey, that door's locked. Heck with it all. I'm going through the wall. Well, Charlie, did Richard Whitmark scare you? Did he? I'm I'm still shaking. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, we're going to be in New York next week. Oh, that's good. Wow, New York. Yes. And we're going to have as our guest, Fred Allen. That's bad, fully. Uh, good night, folks. Richard Whitmark appears with the courtesy of 20th Century Fox, producers of Daryl F. Zanuck's Gentleman's Agreement. This is Ken Carpenter speaking to you from Van Nuys High School, Van Nuys, California. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's The Shadow, followed by Duffy's Tavern. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.